0: And now, enjoy this free Jayso Modcast show. Carry on my way, what's up? There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 102 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa, and guess what? We are not in the home studio audience. Blah. Good grief. I'm. You know what? I, I will be amazed. I've done 102 of these, and I have yet to do a perfect, flawless, mistake-free opening. Go, go and listen, and I, I challenge you, Okay. To go and find an episode where I actually get through the entire opening mistake-free. Because you won't find one. As I was attempting to say, um, we are not coming to you from the home studio. No, no, we are on the road again. Uh, This time I am in New Brunswick. I am visiting my sister bestie, Crystal. And I will be here for a week. And then next week, we will be coming to you from Grimsby. I'll be back at my biological sister's. So, uh, yeah. I did enjoy the short period of time. I was home. I was home for a few weeks, bought some food. Haven't eaten all of the food that I bought, so I'll be taking a flat of 18 eggs to my sister's. Um, But it was nice to be home, and it was nice to to see my things and touch my things and... um, I did a big, huge purge of my closet and my clothes and got rid of a lot of the granny stuff and the stuff that no longer reflect the person that I am. So I took four bags of clothing to the Goodwill. Yay! Um, If you live in the same area that I do, there are four bags of really good, really expensive clothing at Stretch out on 48. So go check that out. Uh, I should actually go and talk to them about being a sponsor. Yeah. This is totally unsponsored mention. Anyway. Um, I think the live studio audience just froze. Oh, yeah, he did. Oh, no, he's back. There we go. Um, yeah, so we are in New Brunswick. And you'll have to bear with me because today, for some reason, I don't know. I feel like crap. I drove down yesterday, and it's a 12-hour drive. So, um... It's a, uh, it's not a short drive and I mean you go through Ontario and you go through Quebec which is basically the province that never ends. And then you get into New Brunswick and you're there. Um, and of course, <laughs> you've heard me complain about it already this summer. Highway construction, I swear. Every, the United States and Canada got together and said, let's just destroy the highways from coast to coast. <laughs> because um, all the way through Quebec, every highway is under construction, so it's getting like, wheedled down to one lane in one direction, and then you're moved over to the other side to one lane, and it's just, it's, it's a pain. Um, now, I will honestly say, like, our side of the highway was moving, the other side of the highway was at a complete standstill um, for most of Quebec, and I'm hoping that when I go home on Saturday that they're not working. Um, it's supposed to rain here for the next three days. And I'm hoping that it's not doing that in Quebec to where they have to take the next three days off and they working on Saturday. Because I don't want to be sitting in traffic for 12 hours. I really don't. I will be taking back roads. <laughs> Because if I'm going to sit in traffic and it's going to turn it into a 14, 15 hour trip, then I would rather be doing the back roads on a 14, 15 hour trip because at least you're moving. You know? And you're getting somewhere. But yeah, I came down to visit um, New Brunswick because I could. um, Two very lovely people paid for my gas so that I could get here. (laughs) And home. And I greatly appreciate that. Um... Like I said on my last podcast in my rant, if it weren't for the kindness of family and friends, I wouldn't be going anywhere. I would be a virtual shut-in. My world would be sitting at my table looking outside at the world because I would be able to afford to go out into it. But we're not going to get onto that this week. So the drive was fairly uneventful. I brought my little dinosaur. If you follow along, um, I was given care and control of a dino. I don't say I own it because he has a personality all his own. He owns himself. Actually, I think he owns me. But anyway, uh, and he has his own TikTok called The Adventures of Littlefoot. Look him up on TikTok, he's very cute. And I promised a little 10 year old girl that I would take him on adventures and that I would take pictures of him in places and doing things and send them to her. So that is how his TikTok was, or his Instagram was born. And he came with me, so I'm hoping to get some pictures of him in New Brunswick tomorrow, you know, the mountains, the Appalachians behind him, Um, because where we are, the Appalachian mountains run right through here. Like, you can see, I look out the window in the morning having coffee, and it's like, oh, look, mountain. (laughs) I go upstairs and get into bed at night and look out and go, oh, look, mountain. Um, So, yeah, I'm in the mountains. And I think that's partially why I have a headache today, because I'm at a different altitude, and I have discovered that um, the older that I get, the more susceptible I am to suffer the changes of altitude, the changes in in pressure, even slight changes in pressure, I get a headache. Um, When I drove to California, as the altitude was changing and we were getting closer and closer and closer to sea level, I was getting a pressure headache, and I had a pressure headache for probably the first week that I was there. And then, um, coming home, like, I got adjusted and I got, you know, acclimatized to the altitude, or lack thereof. (laughs) And coming home, um, I noticed as I got higher and higher up, and especially going through Colorado, um, And then up into Michigan, and as I got closer to home, my headache got worse and worse and worse. And it took me a good week after being home for the headache to semi-clear out. Now, part of the headache, too, was still residual from COVID. But, um, yeah, so as I was driving here yesterday, uh, you're changing altitudes. You're going up into the mountains. And... I noticed that about halfway through Quebec, I started feeling really, really crappy. Um, I was getting a headache and I thought maybe it was because I hadn't eaten properly because, you know, potato chips and a chocolate bar and bottle of pop <laughs> that was my food. <laughs> hmm. And I did, well, I did, I started feeling crappy. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I need some protein. I had a headache. So I stopped and, um, I got a chicken Caesar wrap in Quebec. I need to ask somebody who has lived in Quebec or is from Quebec or is even French if their version of chicken Caesar is different from the rest of the world because it's me. You, you can hear the dogs in the background. Um, I Like I said, I met my sister's and she has two beautiful dogs and it's their house and I am just visiting, so they have run. And they heard something that brought them running here I'm not sure if it's their daddy that is home early or if it's just you know they heard a noise and thought it was their daddy home early I don't know if it is he's going to come through the door right behind me and scare the crap right out of me and it'll make me laugh and it'll make him laugh and you'll probably hear him on the podcast and you know we'll go from there anyway now I'm all creeped out because I have my live studio audience, so I can see the door behind me on the camera. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of horror movie like. but anyway, um, there was chicken in this Peter wrap. I, I think it was chicken or it was chicken like, chicken flavored. There was no Caesar. I'm not exactly sure where the Caesar was. maybe I was supposed to buy the Caesar separately. I don't know. But it was $6 for this pita wrap. Um, and I ate it. And about an hour later, I felt like I was going to throw up. So, you know, it's kind of like buying gas station sushi. You Roll the dice, you take your chances. <laughs> it could be good. It could kill you. You never know. But it beat the $20 that I spent on road snacks, on a bag of chips, a chocolate bar, and a bottle of pop. I, I was, I'm just... I'm still gobsmacked at the cost of junk food, and it was a 12-hour drive, so I didn't want to be, st- like, when I went into the en route in, I don't know where I was, Morrisburg, I think, no, it wasn't, in I don't know, one of the, one of the last en routes before you leave Ontario, um, it was packed, there was 5,000 people in there, like, you were brushing, you were touching people as you were brushing by them to get to the bathroom, there were that many people in the en route, not, nobody wearing a mask, nobody wearing gloves. And I mean, it's COVID people. (laughs) I've had it. So I'm a little more cautious now and a little more afraid of getting it again. I'm vaccinated. So it's not going to kill me, but it's not going to feel really good going through it either. I would rather just not. And I mean, before COVID, I wouldn't have cared. I would have, you know, like if somebody bumped into me, I would have been like, I would have just bumped him right back, knocked him out of my way, move. I said, excuse me, three times. You're standing there staring at me like I have four heads. Get out of my way. I need to pee. Um, but now I'm like doing the matrix, trying to not touch people. And it's, yeah, it just, it gives me the, just, ugh. don't touch me. You're icky. You could have cooties. Literally, you could have cooties. So, you know, boys are icky. <laughs> Everybody has the cooties. Don't touch me. So I get into the bathroom and I pee. I come out and I wash my hands. And it was kind of funny because Crystal had told me a while ago about how the air hand dryers are less sanitary than using paper towels to dry your hands or just shaking your hands to dry them and wiping them on your shirt. And I'm like, no, they're more sanitary. That's why they have them. You don't touch anything. It's just air blowing on your hands. Then I saw this TikTok. Yes, I saw it on TikTok, but I did do some research. He took a swab and he went to several different bathrooms, several different levels of cleanliness, several different types of air hand dryers, you know, the blades, the old fashioned ones. And he took swab samples from the blowholes of all of these, um, air dryers. And then he took swab samples from his hands after using, and he used soap and water, and he took samples from the dryers after using, from his hands after using these dryers. And then he took samples from his hands after using paper towel and after shaking his hands to air dry them. Ew. The thing with the most bacteria that grew the fastest, grew the most, were the air dryers. Because the insides are never cleaned. They wipe the outsides, but they don't clean inside the blades. They don't clean inside the dryers. So all they're doing is blowing hot bacteria all over your hands. His hands were dirtier after he used the air dryer than before when he just peed before he washed his hands his hands were dirtier after they had more bacteria on them after so we're i'm standing there i wash my hands and there's about four people there about five dryers and about four people at the dryers and then they become empty and there's like six of us standing there and you could tell all six of us had seen this tiktok because we kind of looked at the air dryers and we all just kind of looked at each other shook our hands wiped them on our shirts and out we went we were not using those dryers. There was no way, no how, not even maybe. So I come out, and there's a lineup at the Tim Hortons a mile long. There's a lineup at the Popeye's a mile long. There's a lineup at the Burger King a mile long. And the convenience store isn't too bad, but you know that's going to cost you an arm, a leg, your firstborn, and three mortgages just to get a bag of peanuts. So I thought, well, i got to go get gas. So I get into my car, and... The Canadian Tire Gas Bar always has a little convenience store there. So I thought, "Yeah, I'd just go in and get some road snacks and I'll be fine. So there's a lineup for gas. Every pump. Except for the full service. Now, it was $1.68 a liter at the do-it-yourself. It was $1.72 at the dude will come and pump it for you. So I didn't want to waste time. Um, I, I upped the extra few pennies and, um, paid the $1. seventy-two, and had the lovely little man come and put gas in my car, $40 later. And then I pulled up and went into the store and I grabbed a, not a family size, not a personal bag, the one in between, you know, the ones you get at the dollar store. Bought a bag of, of sour cream and bacon, potato chips and I found the Reese's Peanut Butter Bars. I got all excited. I grabbed two. And a little 500, not even a 500 milliliter. I don't think it was a 500 milliliter bottle. I think it was a little bit smaller than a 500 milliliter bottle of Coke Zero. And I get up to the cash and I put the stuff up on there. And he rings it all in. And he goes, $20.74. A what? Say that again. He goes, $20.74, please. For what? I already paid for my gas at the dude. Yeah, it was $5 each, a chocolate bar. And then he says to me, he says, oh, by the way, the pop's on sale. You can get two for five bucks. No. (laughs) Thank you, but no. I almost cried. I couldn't believe it. $20 for a bag of chips, two chocolate bars and a bottle of pop. That's insane. I used to take my $5 allowance down to the corner store, and I would get a pop, a bag of chips, and two chocolate bars, and I'd still have money left over. I could buy bubblegum or, like, fill my pockets with the penny candies. Lots of them. So, yeah, that was was a bit extreme. So, I think when I leave on Saturday, I'm going to uh, pack snacks. I'm going to um, make a sandwich, (laughs) take a sandwich with me. We might do a dollar store run so that I can get, you know, a couple of dollars worth of road snacks. I still have my, uh, when I left California, when I was in California, we did a movie night and I, I'm not quite used to the Montoya movie night. Um, it usually comes with a plethora of snacks. Now, you go to the movies, you get your tub of popcorn, you get your soda. That's it. That's your, your snacks, okay? You don't generally get the entire snack bar. Montoya Movie Night consists of the entire snack bar. Whoppers and... um. Almond, the peanut M&Ms, and I had. He he asked me what I liked, and I said, "Well, I like sour stuff." So I got like this huge Mondo. It's going to last me at least another few months. Bag of Sour Patch Kids, not a little bag. We're talking the big pound bag of Sour Patch Kids. I still have three quarters of that bag because you can only eat two or three of them before your face starts to cave in. Um, And popcorn. And pop. So, yeah. Um, so I I have kept my Sour Patch. They they came with me from California. They were my road snacks. You know, when my sugars were getting low near the end of the day, I would pop a couple of Sour Patch Kids and keep on going. You know, it was my drug. <laughs> and so they've been in my fridge. And cold Sour Patch Kids are really good, by the way. Just, just letting you know. Um, so I brought them with me here because, and I'm kind of glad I did because I needed a little sugar rush just to get me through the end of the trip and I went to pick up the chocolate bar it was still the sun was still out, I picked up the second chocolate bar from the seat of my car and it sloshed <laughs> I went, wait, what? <laughs> it sloshed and I went, no that's not right <laughs> That's, that's supposed to be a solid chocolate bar, not a milkshake. A peanut butter flavored milkshake. But that's what it was. So I just laid it flat on the seat and hoped for the best. Um, see, I avoided using my air conditioning because that chews up a lot of gas. And did you know having the windows down in your car chews up gas too? Because it creates a lot of wind resistance inside your car. Anyway, I'm a cheesecake. So uh, I noshed on a few Sour Patch Kids and that kept me going because I knew there was a sandwich at the end of my trip. And there was. There was Montreal smoked meat. Mm-mm-mm. Tasty, tasty. Anyway, so what I was trying to say is I feel really crappy and I'm wondering, I'm praying I didn't pick up COVID again at the en route with all of the, you know, walking, talking petri dishes that were in there. And I'll admit, yes, I'm a walking, talking petri dish myself. I'm a clean one. But You know, you had germs on you. You walk through something, you pick it up on your skin, and you have germs on you. So I'm kind of hoping that I just feel crappy because I didn't sleep very well the night before my drive. I was up early. I drove 12 hours. I stayed up really late. And then I was up early again this morning. I still kind of have a headache, but there's a storm coming. Or at least there's supposed to be a storm coming. We heard thunder earlier. I got excited. I think I scared it. It went away. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm getting, I, I get flushed, like I'll get hot, and then I'll get cold, and then I'll get hot, and then I'll get cold, and one of the lovely, lovely things that I experienced the last time I had COVID is back. Um, so there have been frequent trips to the royal throne several times today. Yay. And I'm dying of thirst. <laughs> I can't get enough water into me. <laughs> I'm so thirsty. So I'm hoping um, I'm gonna. I already told Crystal that I don't expect me up early tomorrow. I'm gonna sleep until I can't sleep anymore, just to kick this because I know, um, like I'll probably get to sleep around one or two tonight, maybe. But we'll see. I I couldn't sleep last night. I was awake when Brian came home at four o'clock. I could. Just, couldn't sleep but you have to kind of remember I'm sort of semi still on California time like when I come when I when I come home from California when I came home from California like Dave's and my relationship runs on his schedule mm-hmm (laughs) mm-hmm I almost flipped off my live studio audience, but I thought better of it. (laughs) Um, Our relationship runs on his schedule. It runs on on his time frame, on his availability. I love you too. (laughs) Because he's got kids and he works, so if he wants to stay up till midnight watching a movie with me, then I stay up until midnight California time which, unfortunately, is 3 a.m. Ontario time. And then, you know, I'm up the next morning before he is. I'm usually up between 9.30 and 10.30. Some days I'll sleep till 11 if I'm lucky. Once I wake up and have to pee, that's it. I'm done because I have to actually get up out of my bed, walk through my apartment to my bathroom, and then back into my bed, and then I hear all the sounds of the world outside and the light, and I'm awake. Um so, yeah, my life pretty much runs on California time. Well, now I'm four hours time difference from him still attempting to run on California time. So when we stay up and chit chat till midnight, it's now 4 (laughs) a.m. When I'm saying goodnight. So I'm trying to adjust. (laughs) Um, And the thing is, I'll just get adjusted to that and go back to the three hour time difference. So, all right. I never did any housekeeping. Um, I'm really, I guess, I don't know if there's any housekeeping. Uh, magazine submissions for this month just closed. We are getting ready to get the magazine out. Um, unwanted, we are still taking submissions for Unwanted Tales of Hauntings and Possession. I had to think. Um, so, get those in. Um There'll be an ad going up this week. Watch for it, and you can you can you can click on it. I do um, have some sad news. The decision was made today um, due to a mix up with the venue. Unfortunately, we lost the venue that we had booked, and. It's a little late in the game now to try and find a suitable venue and a new date. And the guests that we had booked, unfortunately, they're no longer available for the dates that we now have available. Uh, So Scarefair has been um, cancelled for this year. And what we are going to do is we are going to focus all of our time and energy and efforts now on PCE which come hell or high water will happen in November. It could be three of us standing in the parking lot with a table going hey want to buy a shirt? Want to buy a watch? (laughs) You know some dude in a trench coat flashing you a ticket or a book or I don't know whatever but it will happen. There will be a PCE. I will stake hmm See, I know what the universe is like, and I'm going to be very, very careful about what I'm going to throw out there right now, because I'm not going to say I'm going to stake my life on it, because the universe has a very strange sense of humor, especially as of late. So, um, I will bet if there is no PCE, I will get a tattoo. So there'd better be a PCE. Because I don't want a tattoo. I have nothing against tattoos. I Most of the people that I know have tattoos. My sister has tattoos. Crystal has tattoos. They're all beautiful tattoos. I have nothing against tattoos. My boyfriend has tattoos. I have just never found one that I was committed enough to or drawn enough to or in love enough with to want it on my body for the rest of my life. I'm very picky about what I put on my body for the rest of my life. So yeah, I haven't, I mean, I love henna. I've done several henna tattoos and after two weeks they're gone. And once the henna tattoo is on me, it's usually three or four days later. I'm like, how quickly can I wash this off? I'm over it now. I'm done. I can move on. It's, 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 Marking up my, it's got, it needs to go. <laughs> what can I use to get this off? Um, so, yeah, that's why I've never gotten a tattoo. Every time I get the urge, or not the urge, but the idea, if I find something that I really, really like and I want to get it as a tattoo, I always go to my friends who do henna and I get it done as a henna tattoo to see what it's going to look like, if it's the right placement, and if I can live with it for the rest of my life. And I have not found one yet that I can live beyond two weeks with. So, let that be a life lesson for you. Let that, little words words of advice. If you're thinking about getting a tattoo, go and get it done in henna first. In the spot that you want it done in. And see if you like it enough to live with it for the rest of your life. If after a couple of weeks, you're like, eh, don't do it. Because then you won't have to go and have laser later when you don't like it anymore. And I know a few people that have tattoos that they regret getting. (laughs) They want to change. They want to get differently. Don't ever get somebody's name tattooed on you. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Unless you want to end the relationship. Then get their name tattooed on you. Because that does it every time. I mean, yes, I think it's great. Get your kids' names tattooed on you. Nice little banner with their birthdays. But I mean, if you have more than three kids, then you're just basically running a grocery list down your arm. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't have anything against tattoos. I just haven't found one that I want one on me. So if there is no PCE, if PCE is canceled and Jay Zaman Live Events does absolutely jack squat in 2022, I will get a tattoo. I don't know of what, but I will get a tattoo if there is no PCE. And I will get it on November 22nd in California, when PCE is supposed to be. And Dave will pay for it. (laughs) Oh, that was funny. PCE is November 13th. Okay, no, I did. My bad. Okay, so he wasn't glaring at me because I said he would pay for the tattoo. No, no, he was glaring at me because I got the date wrong. November 13th is PCE. So if there is no PCE on November 13th, I will be getting a tattoo that day and Dave will be paying for it. (laughs) So now we're both motivated to make sure that PCE happens. Because I don't want to get a tattoo and he's not going to want to pay for it. So, anyway. Um, yeah, so there will be no scarefare this year, unfortunately. Um, it just, we couldn't... We couldn't get the ducks to at least stand in the same general area, never mind line up. Um, it was kind of like trying to nail jello to a tree. Just wouldn't stick. So, uh, we will try again next year um, and see how that happens. Now, I mean, originally... The dream was, originally, going back to before Scarefare was even a tadpole in the pool of ideas, um, it was PCE. And it wasn't even called PCE at first. It had another bizarre name that... Um, I'm not sure if it was... Yeah, it was the Chazomancon. Con. <laughs> Dave came up with that, <laughs> and I do believe that in in the the group chat that we were having that night, um, I think we were we were all having a libation or two, and it was just kind of a fun, off the wall, flying by the seat of your pants kind of conversation, a what if conversation between me, Mike, and Dave, and. He's like, hey, what if I threw a con? Like, did what if I did an expo and we called it Mon Con? And Mike and I laughed and went, well, you can't call it that. <laughs> well, I want to do a pop culture expo. We want to what? I want to do a pop culture expo. PCE, boom. PCE was born, and it was just that simple. That is kind of how it happened. It was just that simple, and. We ran with it from there. Like, well, okay, so it's pop culture. What kind of pop culture is it? You know, does it is it nerdy Star Warsy pop culture? Is it Star Trekky pop culture? Is it horror pop culture? Is it um, Dancing Zoe pop culture? <laughs> Just because she's so adorable, she's dancing around, um, wearing my favorite shirt which I love. um, What kind of pop culture do we want to bring? And who are we bringing it to? So, Dave pointed out that the high desert didn't really have a lot of expos or conventions or anything for the nerdy geek. There was nothing for the nerdy geek in the high desert. They had to go, what, what do you say, down the hill? Is that the expression you all use? had to go down the hill. So basically you had to go like L.A., Hollywood, um, San Francisco. I know this year's Celebration, which is a big Star Wars thing, was in Anaheim. So there was nothing in the area for the local geek. And there are a few comic book shops in the area. Um, Comic Cult cult HD is... (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to say. So I had to get it. I wanted to make sure I pronounced it correctly. um, Is in the area. So there are geeky nerds in the area. And um, Dave wanted to bring an expo to them that was easily accessible. That was in a decent price range that they could afford to get to that catered to local nerds. Okay. All right. What kind of nerds do you have? Well, just so happens there's a local Star Wars troop. Five O First Legion. Yay. Um so great, let's bring in some Star Wars nerds. So we had the Five O First come out that first year. We had um a couple of we had at least one, I believe, celebrity from The Mandalorian. I do, didn't we? No? I thought oh, we were trying to. Um we had Jay and Silent Bob are big in the area. It's California. So we had uh Marilyn Gigliotti from Clerks. She was there. We had we wanted to bring in the horror nerd because I mean they're nerds too. So we had Lisa Wilcox. Um we had the I can't remember his name. The kid from Poltergeist, the brother <laughs> Oliver, um Oliver Robbins. So we had a decent panel that first year. It was great. And it kind of catered to every kind of nerd. And that's kind of what Dave wanted the expo to be. He wanted it to be a place for whatever floated your nerdy little boat Whether it was Lord of the Rings, whether it was Sandman, whether it was Nightmare on Elm Street and Jason, whether it was Star Wars or Star Trek or both, Harry Potter, Beetlejuice, whatever. Whatever floated your boat, whether it was anime, Super Mario, didn't matter. It was welcome at the expo and it's still welcome at the expo. mario super mario i'm sorry i'm being corrected for my canadian (laughs) i grew up saying super mario brothers that's what we called it anyway it's all welcome at the pop culture expo because it is anything that falls under the umbrella of pop culture so this year is going to be no different we are going back to our grassroots we are going back to the original idea um Scarefair was kind of a one-off. It was an idea that Alan had. And unfortunately, I mean, it was a great success. People had a lot of fun. We had a great turnout. Um, unfortunately, parts of it were executed poorly. And it was not part of the original game plan for what we wanted to bring to the high desert. So we are going back to... Um, the basics, basically, starting over. And I said recently that you need to learn to walk before you can run. And I think we kind of thought we could jog and then run a marathon. And we quickly realized, no, that's not exactly how it works. And even though it was a raging success on a lot of levels. On other levels it was an epic fail. So we're going back to the basics, going back to what we know and we're going to really focus on the fans this year and what we want to see, what people want to see, what people want to experience and It's going to be a really good show. And there is a rumor I cannot, I can neither deny nor confirm at this point. But I can give you a little snippet of gossip that it might be extended to two days this year. Who knows? Could be like a whole weekend thing, Saturday, Sunday, you know. But as soon as I know, I will let you know. Oh, crumb. Hold on. I just hung up on my live studio audience. But, yeah, as soon as I know, um, you know you're going to hear it from me first because I always get the scoop before anybody else. <laughs> okay, I like to think I get the scoop before anybody else. Um, I don't generally get the scoop before anybody else, but I like to think that I do. I usually get it second, maybe third. Um <laughs> but yeah. So um, as soon as I know any more information regarding PCE, I do know we have Dominic Pace confirmed. We have the 501st confirmed. Um, I recently learned somebody else was confirmed. Like I said, I found out secondhand, so now I'm about to confirm it. Creep Creeperson, if you if you follow the, the world of myth, um, or just go to the world of myth magazine and look up creep Creeperson, you'll find out who he is. He's going to be doing a panel on doing um, low budget films in Hollywood, how to do it from script writing to casting to filming, um, how to basically do your own movie. So it's going to be an excellent panel. And I think we're going to have a couple of authors doing panels on um, how to write your book, how to sell your book once you've been published, what you need to do, the pitfalls and the ups and the downs, and, and how to get seen in a world where everybody wants to be the spotlight, how to market yourself to an audience that is having everything from potato chips to the latest stuff thrown at them. Um, so, hang on, i got to just turn the volume down on my earpiece here. There. Okay, so, um, yeah, that is kind of what we're going to be doing. We're actually going to be doing panels this year, which is something that I wanted to do um, the first year. Every expo, every convention that I've been to, there's always panels. There's celebrity panels. And we're hoping that we can do a couple of celebrity panels this year where you can listen to them talk about, you know, being in the biz. You can ask them questions, which I think is the f- the best part of being going to a celebrity panel is you're recognized by that celebrity. You're standing there talking, asking them a question. They're answering your question. Um, we're doing our very best to get a pretty cool celebrity. And as I know more about that, I can share with you, but I'm not sharing with you right now. Just know that, you know, there may come a time where I'm going to be saying, put that money in my hand. You know. Anyway. Um... Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty good. We we're, we're, we want to go back to the basics. We want to go back to what our original plan was, and I think if we had stuck with that last year, and we had fought for that last year, um, things might have turned out differently. <laughs> Being dive bombed by a fly at the moment, anyway. But no, last year was a good year. I mean, we did two events, and both of them were successful. Both of them had really high ticket sales. Both of them had a really good turnout. Uh, Guests had a good time. Um, We just need to slow down, rewind, and go from there. So, yeah, I'm doing what I'm doing where I'm doing it, wherever I'm doing it. (laughs) I'm doing what I can. Making phone calls and, and, you know... That's all I can basically do to help is make phone calls and emails and talk to people. But, uh, yeah, like I said earlier, I'm here in, um, where am I? I'm in New Brunswick. So my brain is like mush right now. It's only 1030 at night, which technically means it's 930 in Ontario, which technically means it's only 630 for me. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, the drive was pretty good. I mean, I did, uh. I did it in about um, eleven hours. I did it in about eleven hours. I left at about ten o'clock, and I was here by well, I did it about ten hours because I left about 10 o'clock, and I was here by just after eleven, New Brunswick time, which means it would have been just after. So I did it about twelve hours. Ten to ten, that's twelve hours, right? That's twelve hours. Yeah, that's twelve hours. Um, I don't, I've never, I don't generally math well to begin with on a good day. So uh, it was a decent drive. I was a little nervous once it started to get dark because I was in moose territory and I was trying to get a picture of the aggressive moose sign for Dave. Do you think it would go by me when the camera was ready to go and all I had to do was push the button? Of course not. No, it would go by when I had to like... Fiddle with my phone while I was driving, and you're not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be hands free. Drive safely, people. Um, but this, okay, I call it an aggressive, like they have aggressive deer signs, and I did show them a picture. I did take a, manage to, to, to get a picture of the aggressive deer sign for them. And I mean, the ones in Canada don't have antlers. They're pretty little does, and they're like up on their hind legs, like, hey, look at me, I'm pretty. The ones here are lunging at you. With, like, a full rack of antler. <laughs> aggressive deer signs. The aggressive moose signs, now, the regular moose signs here are the moose with the rack, and they're standing there, and they've got, like, look like they're walking, and underneath in red letters, it says attention. Unless you're in Quebec, and then it says attention. And the aggressive moose sign is a picture of a car with a moose that is about 500 times the size of the car that it's standing beside. And it's got its head down and it's charging at the car. Some of the aggressive moose signs actually has the moose tipping the car over or flinging it with its head. Car's in the air. Aggressive moose signs. And I was telling Dave, you know, that would probably be what my car would look like sitting beside a moose because my car is little. I can see over the hood, over the roof of my car. Zoe, who's 10, can see over the roof of my car. It's a little car. And then I made a crack about, you know, maybe I could just drive under the moose. That would be fun. So I was a little nervous because when I started into the latter part of Quebec, as the sun went down, um, the moose signs were flashing. And it says, when sign is flashing, beware, there has been a moose sighted. I'm like, awesome. (laughs) Great, hopefully it wasn't on the highway. (laughs) It's like, you know, and they have this fence and you know you're in like serious moose country when you start seeing what they call moose fence. And it's this ten foot high metal fencing. And it runs at least I don't know, half a football field from the highway up. They they clear cut it from the highway up the hill, and then they run this moose fence. Now this moose fence is strong enough to deter, I won't say prevent, but to deter a moose from coming through and coming down onto the highway. Hopefully it's tall enough they can't jump over it, but you know, shit happens. They get through, they get over it, they get onto the highway somehow. There are signs that say, if you see a moose on the highway, the moose has the right of way. What? There's actually a part of the highway in Quebec. And I drove over it again on my way here. And again, I shook my head. We're doing 80 kilometers an hour, which I believe is 60 miles an hour. We're going at a decent clip. And then all of a sudden, there's railroad tracks. Not beside the highway. Not going down the middle of the highway, dividing the highway in half. Oh, no cutting from one side of the highway to the other across four lanes of traffic, there is railroad tracks fully functioning with the flashy arm that comes down railroad tracks so picture it, you're trucking along the highway, you're doing 80 miles an hour, you're getting up at a fair speed you're getting all comfortable and then all of a sudden right in front of you, this bar comes down and these lights are flashing and there's a train coming I don't care how good your brakes are you are not going to stop fast enough You might as well just grab that steering wheel, tromp on the gas, and hope you make it to the other side of the tracks before the train gets there. Now, I had a train experience um, many, many, many years ago. Train tracks scared the bejesus out of me. I don't like them. I clench my butt and hold my breath every time I have to cross them. It's like, you know, pucker up, buttercup. And I do. And I go over the tracks. I was in Hueyton, Alabama and we were driving into town going to this our favorite Mexican restaurant for dinner and we're going with the flow of traffic and we come up over the little bump and we start crossing the tracks there's no lights, there's no the arm didn't come down, nothing and I turn and I look out my window and the train was close enough to us that I could see the horrified expression on the train driver's face. I I, 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 I didn't have enough time to scream. And the person that I was with also saw the train and he pedaled to the metal <laughs> and we just made it across the tracks. The wind from the train actually rocked the van. It passed back closely behind us. <laughs> Ever since then I have been a little nervous crossing train tracks. Most people will slow down and gently bump their way over the tracks so they don't No, no, not me. Oh no, no. There is no slowing down. There is no braking. There is getting over. I don't care if you launch me because sometimes the tracks go up a little bit. There's a, like a little hill in the tracks and you come down. No, I will I will like fly over those suckers to get over them. I'm not stopping. There's there's no stopping. <laughs> no, no. We're just going to keep going. Hang on. We're going. <laughs> um, yeah. I've had a lot of scary things happen in a vehicle. One recently on my way here, I was going... Where was I? I was um, crossing the St. Lawrence, I believe. Crossing a big river. And I had just... We had just crossed into Quebec. That's right. We just crossed into Quebec. And I was on the toll highway. I had just paid my toll. And I'm crossing the bridge. And... I was sitting at the toll. I had the window down and, you know, I was listening to my music. I had my debit card out, ready to just tap and go. And I get up to the thing and I tap and have to wait a minute. I tap again. The light turns green. The bar goes up. I go along. I roll my window back up and I'm going along and I happen to catch something moving out of the corner of my left eye. Now, keep in mind, I'm in a small car. I cannot wear a bun in my hair because it hits the roof and my head gets stuck. That's how small my car is. It's spacious but it's short. So I'm very close to the window. I'm very close to the roof, to where the window and the door meet the roof. You know that line? Yeah, I'm very close to that. It's like probably six inches from my face. So I see this little thing flapping around on the corner out of the corner of my left eye and I look over and I swear on anything that is holy there was a daddy- long legs the size of my hand right there on the inside of the cor- I am crossing a bridge over water which I don't like to begin with anybody who knows me knows I don't like bridges they freak me out and there's this spider So now I'm on a bridge, going over water, with a spider. Three of the things that scare the hell out of me the most. I managed to get the window down, I screamed, I shoved the spider out the window, hoping he went out the window, and rolled the window back up, and then sent Crystal a very explicit, full of expletives video message. There was screeching, there was screaming, I think I used the F word at least three times. Um, she thought it was rather hilarious, and yes, I will forward it to you. I meant to send it to you, um, my live studio audience. But uh, yeah, um, it was that was not a good day for me. <laughs> that was not a good moment for me. Um, things were were just. It was it was it was bad. It was bad. Um. She laughed. Is this it? Oh, whoop. nope, that's not it. Oh, is it the Odessa en route. That was the one with the really long line, I believe. Is this the one? I mean, I'm going through them now. Oh yes, that. Did you know that yesterday the Rocky Horror Picture Show turned 47 years old? 47. Yeah, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Frankenfurter turned 47 years old. And it kind of dawned on me. And it was the whole entire reason that Crystal sent it to me. The fact that I am older than the Rocky Horror Picture Show. But the man I am dating is younger than the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It had already gained a cult following by the time he was born. Yep. There is some pop culture for you. Alright, is this it? Nope. That's the last one. Okay, so it's got to be coming up Because that's the last one before... Nope, that's not it. That's Sweet Home Alabama. Um... Yep, there it is. Found it. It's the high-pitched. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Yeah, there we go. Okay, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Anyway, if you request it, I will send it to you. Um, I will. I will warn you now. There are some curse words, but it is kind of funny. Crystal laughed. She thought it was hilarious. I was not laughing. I, at this point, um, was pretty sure I had peed myself, at least a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was not I was not happy. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm hoping I'm gonna check my car thoroughly before I get on the road. Like I'm going to take it to a car wash with a vacuum cleaner and vacuum out my car to make sure that there are no more stragglers. I don't want any more passengers. Um, other than my dinosaur. But uh yeah. That was not a that was not a good moment for me. I was not thrilled. And it kept me alert. Kind of, I was paranoid for the next rest of the rest of the ride. Um, I kept looking around and everything. You know, every time I'd catch something out of the corner of my eye, I'd flinch. <laughs> and I do happen to know, right above me, above the door, is a spider. Oh crap! It's moved. So it is alive. We tried to get it. Oh, he seems to have brought friends. I'm looking now, and there's, there's more than one now. There was only one yesterday. And Crystal tried to get it with a cup while I stood in the kitchen as far away as possible. Um, I was willing to throw things at her if I needed to. I was not coming out here to help her, though. And um, she said she was going to get Brian to get it, and I just happened to look over now, and I, I see one above the light... I see one right above the door there and two more between the wall and the ceiling. So I may be ending this podcast very shortly because, you know, I know they're watching me. I can feel it. They're watching me. They're waiting until I'm, I'm not paying attention. And then they're going to jump me. And I'm pretty sure that the one that's over here above the light is wearing a leather jacket and has a switchblade yeah I saw it but yeah so I'm here for a week Uh, I will be here until Saturday and then I fly home well I drive home but you know I go home Saturday and then I go to my sister's on Sunday because it's my niece's birthday party and it is the anniversary 14th anniversary of the death of my dad um So I will warn you now, next week's podcast will probably be filled with stories of my dad and memories and maybe a tear or two, because even though he's been gone for 14 years, um, it still hurts just as much as it did the day he died. And it's still, there's still a big hole that will never be filled ever where he used to be. Um... So yeah, Uh, today's kind of a, uh, I don't know if it's an emotional day. I mean, in all reality, I didn't, I didn't even notice the date of today until I was looking through my Facebook memories and I came across a few memories. I was looking at some. Um, Today was when we posted um, all the stuff for my friend Dana's celebration of life. And then I'm scrolling And that was 10 years ago. And then I'm scrolling and I think it was like four years ago or five years ago, um, we were looking for our friend Moon. He had gone missing and unfortunately he was found deceased in his truck. Um, And seven years ago today, I lost someone who was very special to me at one point in time. Um, I woke up to frantic phone calls from his wife, his ex-wife, and his daughter. So, yeah. So it's kind of been a, uh, feel like crap kind of day. And, um, just, a uh, I don't know. I just... I've been very off today. I felt I have felt very disconnected and very distant today. Um just kind of I don't know regrouping maybe me I don't know. But you know me. I always just soldier on and get through whatever it is I need to get through and carry on. <laughs> Slap on that happy face and, you know, Fake it till you make it, so they say. But, uh, yeah, I I will warn you now that next week, um, episode 103, will probably be dedicated to my dad. Um, because I don't ever want his memory to die. I don't ever want to forget. I don't want people to forget. I mean, he wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. My dad and I had a very tumultuous relationship Um, especially when I was a teenager and I mean we used to get into physical fights now he wouldn't beat me in the sense that you think that a parent beats a child we would fight each other I would be throwing fists and he would be you know doing his thing and all of that and I mean he never punched me he spanked me like a parent would spank a child. And as I got into my teen years and got bigger, you know, he didn't hit me. He kind of pushed me up against the wall to prevent me from kicking the crap out of him, basically. (laughs) I was, I was messed up as a teenager. I really was. I had a lot of issues. (laughs) I really feel sorry for my poor mom and dad having to deal with all that. Especially my dad, because he wasn't biologically my dad. And when he married my mom, I think I was five or six when they got married. And they had dated... um, I think they had dated about a year. And they moved in together in Barrie. And then he was offered a job in Midland. And he had to move to Midland. And he... Oh, it's the dog, okay. I heard crinkling. I'm like, wow, the spiders are coming to get me? Um, he told my mom that he did not want to buy a house uh, with his girlfriend. And he said he wanted to buy a house with his wife. So he was not moving to Midland um, with his girlfriend. He was moving to Midland with his wife. And that's kind of how he proposed. <laughs> And when they got married, he gave me a ring as well, telling me, promising me that he would look after me and he would love me like his own and that he would always be my dad. Um, and I still have that ring somewhere. It's three little hearts on it. Um, but yeah, it was really sweet. He, uh, they kind of knew after, he knew after a year, a year they dated, a year or two years that they dated um, that that was what he wanted he wanted his family he wanted my mom he wanted me he wanted a life and family was his whole world that was his his kids were his his world that's what he did what he did for that's why he worked five days a week 10 hours a day that's why he was a fireman so that you know he could set a good example and he loved being a fireman he always wanted to be a fireman but unfortunately a fireman's pay would not support a wife and three kids so he also worked as a mechanic he was a good mechanic too but uh, yeah i was in their wedding <laughs> and it was it wasn't even anything fancy either it was in the living room with a few close family and a female minister. And my mom wore a pink chiffon summer dress, sundress. And a goofy pink hat. It was a sun hat. It was ridiculous. With a great big huge pink flower on it. And I had a little pink and white sundress. Um, cotton sundress with little embroidered flowers on it. And um little page boy haircut. And... Uh, Yeah, my dad wore a brown suit jacket and beige shirt and brown pants and they got married in the living room and then they both went and changed into shorts and a t-shirt because they got married in July. So after the wedding, after the ceremony, everybody changed into something a little more comfortable. We had a barbecue in the backyard (laughs) and that was their wedding and the reception. So, yeah, and they were married, uh, (sighs) 26 years before my dad died. 26 years? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was 26 years they were married. So, yeah, it was kind of cool. It was neat to be there and, and be able to be part of that. And like he said his vows to my mom, you know, love, honor, and cherish, and blah, blah, blah. And he actually recited vows to me, too, um, making a promise to be my dad and, and to always be there for me and, and love me like I was his own and and he did. He did that. You know, like we had our ups and downs. We had our fights. He was no saint, but you know, he always loved me. He wasn't always proud of me. <laughs> he didn't always like what I was doing or who I was. Um, but he always did the best for me and he, he always loved me. That was never in question. But uh, yeah. So this is a rough week for me. This is, it always will be a rough week for me. Um, there are a lot of, of memories that are tied into this week uh, because we spent that final week with my dad at the hospital. None of us left. Um, I got back from a festival. I got a phone call actually, um, on the Sunday that I needed to come home. And, uh, I was 1030 in the morning. And I can honestly say I have never seen my friend Dana or Misha move as fast as they did. But they had my, they had camp torn down and had my van loaded in 20 minutes. And I was on the road. And I, I don't even, I, it, that's all a blur for me. I don't remember much. I don't remember the drive. I was about an hour and a half away. And I don't remember the drive. I do know I had to pull over at one point in time um, and cry because I couldn't see the road, and I went straight to the hospital, um, and then I don't remember, I think the next day I went home and picked up my ex and my daughter, or my daughter was at my sister's, and we called, or my sister-in-law's, and we called and had her bring Katie home. We hadn't told Katie that her grandfather was sick. We sent her, we were hoping because we were hoping all the, through the summer that um, there was, we still held out hope that he was going to be okay because he would get really sick and he would end up in ICU and then he would get better and he would be able to go home and then he would get really sick again and then he would end up in ICU and then he would get better and he would be able to go home. And it always seemed like whenever I went to an event that was more than an hour and a half away is when he would end up in ICU. So the last couple of events, I made sure I was only about an hour and a half away. I always had my phone with me, always had it on, always checking messages, always calling and checking in. And that Saturday night, I had not I had called my mom in the afternoon and she said, no, no, he's fine. He's fine, he's doing good. He's a little tired today, but he was back in the hospital. And she said, no, he's doing fine. I said, okay. I said, I'm going to turn my phone off for the evening. I'll turn it back on when I go to bed. Um, I just, I need to unplug for a minute and kind of recharge. And she says, no, 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 I completely understand. Your dad's fine. Don't worry. He's going to be fine. And I went, I, you know, I let loose. I had a few drinks. I danced i drummed i sang i cried i did everything that i needed to do we went out into the middle of the field and i just i did some scream therapy which i will say works and i got everything out and i felt really good and i went to bed and i turned my phone back on and i'm like okay cool no messages everything's still good i'm gonna go to bed we're gonna pack up in the morning i'm gonna go home because this was the last event that I was going to this summer, because um, it's August. You know, summer's over. The next event would have been Thanksgiving, um, would have been Harvest Fest. So, you know, I turned my phone back on. I went to bed, and the phone rang at ten thirty in the morning. And both Misha and Dana heard the phone the same time I did, and they knew the minute they heard the phone, they knew, and I knew, and Misha heard me hit the floor, because I. I have a tendency to answer the phone when I'm sleeping, so I have to put my phone away from me because I will answer the phone and carry on a full-on conversation with you. Uh, Yep, sure, I'll do that, not a problem, and I will hang up the phone and still be asleep. So I have to put the phone away from me to the point where I have to actually get up and go get it so that, you know, I'm awake. So I had to get up and walk to the other side of the tent and answer the phone. And Misha said she heard me hit the floor. And I did. I just, I dropped to my knees. And like I said, they had my car packed in 20 minutes. And I mean, I don't even know how, I don't even, I think it was just kind of all thrown in. <laughs> I don't think it was actually, like the tent wasn't put back in the bag properly or anything. It was just thrown into the into the van and phew, they made other arrangements for people to bring them home. Um, and... Or no, no, I had to drop Dana off in Toronto. And then I had to bring, Misha lived in Midland with me. So I dropped her off and then I went straight to the hospital. But yeah, we were ready to go in 20 minutes. And we stayed with dad the entire week. And um, we laughed. And we cried. And we laughed and we cried. (laughs) And we comforted. And he knew. He knew. He, uh, that morning when mom called me, um, the day before. No, it was that morning. He, uh, nurse came in with his pills and he took his pills. Oh, he looked at the, the plethora of pills in his hand. And he looked at my mom and he said, I can't do this anymore. And he took his pills and he had a drink of water. And uh, she helped him pee because he couldn't do that for himself anymore. He needed help. And he said to my mom, you know, I'm glad you're my wife. And she's like, well, I'm glad I'm your wife too. Why? And he said, because a girlfriend wouldn't do this. Like she was holding the, the pea cup or whatever, the pee bottle for him. And uh, he laid down and never woke up. They uh, they figure shortly after he he said he was tired Shortly after he took his pills and laid down, he had a stroke. Um, And he was still, when I got there, he could still semi-communicate. So he knew we were all there. He knew that I was there and my ex was there. Now my ex had to go home because he had to look after our daughter, but I stayed. And my brother and um, his wife, Lacey, they stayed. And they had just had a baby. Caleb was there too. So, I mean, she was there with a newborn baby. He was just born on Father's Day and um, Heather and her husband Scott were there we were all there you couldn't get us out of there my auntie Kathy and my uncle Jeff came in and out they would bring us food they would bring us a change of clothes Um, but yeah it was it was the last week our entire family was together Um, and it's I don't know it's a sad week, it's a, a hard week, but I kind of look at it to fourteen years ago today. My dad was still alive. And we were together. Um and then he was gone. And I wasn't even there when he was gone when he died, which still bothers me. I can't I can't let that go. And I don't think I ever will. It's been 14 years. I don't think I'm ever going to let that go. But yeah. So, okay. So apparently this week, the end of the episode was dedicated to my dad. And you're going to get to hear more next week. Um, my sister wants to spend the 21st together. Now, my brother, unfortunately, will not be there. He's already made other plans for that day. Um, He's a lot, it's a lot easier for my brother to compartmentalize his emotions and um, set them aside, I guess, if you will. I think out of the three of us, I'm the one that has had, even with my mom, I'm the one that's had the hardest time getting over it. And I don't think I ever will get over it. I still can't listen to Jesus take the wheel without crying. I can't. And I don't think I want to, I don't think I want to get over it. I don't think I want to let it go because it was my dad, you know, I don't want to forget because if I forget the pain that I feel at the loss of him, then it diminishes the love that I felt and still feel for him as my dad. You know, I don't want to stop remembering the hole that he left. That he was that important. That he was that special to us. That he gave everything for his family. He did every, everything he did. He did for the betterment of his wife and his children. It wasn't for himself. It wasn't other than being a fireman, that was the only thing he did for himself. Everything else he did for his wife and his kids, the houses he chose to live in, the furniture that he bought, the vacations that we planned, everything he did, you know, supporting my brother in every sports endeavor my brother wanted to do because there wasn't a sport that my brother couldn't do and my brother's now feeling the pain of that because he has a son of his own that there isn't a sport that his son can't do and they're constantly um, basketball has been his thing lately That's, that's his favorite sport I mean he can play hockey like nobody's business he's MVP every time he's on the ice and he can play baseball and he can play soccer and he's always you know top goal, top scorer, top hitter you know, one of the top players, but basketball, that's his jam. That's his game. The kid's taller than should be allowed. He's taller than my brother Um, and basketball is his thing. He loves it and he's so good at it. So they spent a lot of time in the last year traveling to this town and that town playing. Um, And he's really smart too. So he's, I'm pretty sure he's gonna get a scholarship Uh, to go to university. He's just starting into high school this year, which is going to be a wake-up call for him because you can't be on the basketball team if you have crappy grades. So you have to keep that grade point average up. But, uh, yeah. He looks just like his dad did at that age. And my dad, or my my brother, looks just like my dad. So. But, all right. I'm getting out of here. It is... 11 o'clock New Brunswick time and I'm hungry all of a sudden (laughs) so I think I might go and forage for a sandwich or something but uh, yeah so bear with me next week I will warn you now it's gonna be an emotional one it's gonna be a a tearful one it's gonna be a you know this is unfair But uh, it's going to be about my dad. So, all right, everybody. Um, Have a good week. And you know what? Tell those people that you love, that you love them. Because they could be gone. And you could spend 14 years going, I wish I had a... Life's short. Life's too short to... Waste it on you know what ifs and and well let's wait and see. So go out there and live your life and enjoy it and be kind and don't lick shit. All right, everybody. I will see you all next week. See ya. Carry on, my wayward son.